about ruling and reigning and we cannot walk in dominion you know within our territory we can't walk in dominion within our office or our school unless i walk in i'm walking in personal dominion you know that i actually am governing my own life it all starts with me and then as i start to govern my own life so i can start to or god will start to expand my sphere of influence in the spirit realm and and enable me to to rule and to reign in a, in a slightly different way but for me at the very beginning personal dominion is the essence it's the essence of being able to be who i am or who god is in me being able to walk true to who god is in me true to what he's called me to do and not to give in either to the desire of of men of you know desire of other people the pressure of other people the call of my own flesh using all of those sorts of words or the pressure of the enemy that i stand and i'm able to say god this is who you called me to be this is who you call you know what you called me to say this is what you called me to do and i am standing and for me i think there is an 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 aspect at which we begin to govern the very atmosphere around our own lives and i just know that as um as a young teacher as again in a former life long long time ago teaching secondary school when i first went into um you know into the state to teach in a state system in what we had then which were i started in a, a secondary modern school and you know you get impacted suddenly by this that the behavior and expectation of 15 and 16 year olds who really don't want to be there in the first place and I, you know how i struggled to begin with to stand up and then how i i I learned a skill, you know, to to have authority in the classroom. But as later on, um, I God began to set me free and do work inside of my own spirit. Something developed in me that I uh, became much more confident that who I was was going to affect the atmosphere of the classroom and not the other way round. And I'm sorry, I think we've got a little bit of a connection issue, but we'll just carry on. And so it's it's about governing myself, my own emotions, my own mind, and I'll come to that, but also the atmosphere round about me. And uh, I just want to start, always go back to the scripture, but and to Ephesus, I love the whole um, account of Ephesus because it was about revival. It was in awakening. God was moving there. And the power of what God was doing was touching the economy. It was touching, you know, the, the ruling spirit in Diana, uh, of Diana was beginning to, beginning to get wobbled um, to the extent that they take Paul to the, the city assembly. And of course, that word for assembly is the city ecclesia, that picture of the governing um, of the place where the, the people govern the city. But if you look at the word, if you go back to Ephesians chapter one, and it starts with this word, spiritual blessings, the first verse in turn, 
contains this word spiritual blessings. And this this word, this the word spiritual began to weigh on me. There was a weight on it, if you like to put it that way, for me. And I believe that we are in a season when we are going to need to be, and God is calling us to be, and even opening the way for us to be, much more in touch with the spiritual world around us. And so, you know, there is an increase, I believe, of things like dreams and so forth. Um, I believe God is opening up revelatory realms for those who want it. There's a whole new opening in terms of revelation. But we need to, um, and I think we're going to find that it presents itself to us that we live in a spiritual world. And the war is in the heavenlies. And right within all of that context, we are at the core of our identity, spiritual beings. And I feel that this whole, I mean, I just, you know, if you've listened to me back probably years and years, I love the first chapters of Ephesians. And, but, you know, God, he, it's spiritual blessings here. This is right from his spirit into our spirit. It's not the, nat the natural blessings that you get in Deuteronomy. These are blessings in the spirit realm into our spirits. And, you know, if you just think about uh, some of the things that this chapter goes on to talk about it goes on to the fact that we are seated in the heavenly realms now we're teaching that a lot we're speaking about it but we do we really understand the impact you know that that that's the realm that god wants to take us into that is a very different realm to uh, to walk in to understand and to then to release from that place, his words into the earth. But we can't sit there. We can't uh, walk in that place until we at least have some concept that we live in a spiritual world and we are spiritual beings. Now, um, the kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. You know, we, we know that Jesus didn't come to take down the Roman Empire and establish a different physical, natural empire. He came to release a spiritual kingdom and to build a spiritual kingdom. Ephesians talks about spiritual wisdom. It talks about the, you know, the battles against the spiritual hosts of wickedness. There is this whole... Um, emphasis on the word spiritual that comes through the new testament this whole kingdom era talked about in isaiah 9 comes in who will accomplish it the lord of hosts and so you have this um you know the the, the greater release in this era of the angelic because it is us working with the angelic, the Lord of hosts. God is the Lord of hosts. And, you know, yes, the, 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 some of those hosts are the angelic, but some of those hosts are God's people when we begin to come into agreement and alignment with what his spirit is doing. And that is how we will see this kingdom established. 
And I, I tend to emphasize that sort of stuff because I came from a much more evangelical background and it doesn't naturally, you know, take on board some of these things. I can, I can give my agreement to them, my mental assent to them, but, you know, to actually make that heart connection, God has had to do some things in me to bring, you know, to just, to even begin to see the beginnings of that come into place. And so if we are going to walk in personal dominion, as we go out into just our natural worlds as a lockdown, you know, I'm going to say it in faith, continues to happen, uh, you know, continues to, to stop and we, we get greater and greater freedom. First of all, these are just very simple. It is about his presence. It actually is about his presence. We cannot touch the atmospheres around our lives unless his presence is in us and around us. It is about being utterly convinced of his goodness and kindness, of his mercy, of all the keys that are contained in Ephesians 1 and two, that actually, you know, if we mess up, if we make mistakes, that is not a disaster. That actually we just go back to him, we confess it, we forgive, if we need to forgive, we repent. And because of the fact that salvation is not just a one-off event, it, it, you know, forgiveness is not just a one-off event, God can immediately reconnect us into his will and his plan. And we are going to have to be a bold people. We're going to have to be a people that say, if I go out there and fall flat on my face, so be it, you know, and if sometimes I fall flat on my face because I got it wrong and I misunderstood God, so be it. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me just mute myself a moment and cough. Okay. And so we're going to need to be absolutely convinced of his goodness and that includes within it his righteousness this is not just mercy for mercy's sake it's not just mercy as uh, you know we would like to perhaps think of it as just well god's mercy you know reaches over everything god is bringing judgment to structures of the earth he is you know he is shifting everything so that his kingdom can begin to be established. So there is, you know, he, but fundamentally he is doing certain things because the outworking further down the line will be good. And if some of those things stay in place as they are right now, the outworking further down the line is that he will have to release judgment, but we're in a season where he is releasing mercy to many. Well, we have time to repent where we need to, where we, you know, can confess what needs to be confessed and, and deal with the things that uh, would cause judgment to come. But as individuals, we need to walk in the absolute awareness that he is good and he will always give us the word. He will always give us revelation. He will always um, speak that word of wisdom to us that we need. And the other word that's, I think, very foundational, I possibly missed some because this wasn't my purpose, is, <clears throat> is the whole thing of humility. 
And so I've just taken those really from um, Moses. But if you go back to Genesis 1, 26, because that's really the scripture that I've been um, basing everything on. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. And there are those two words there, image and likeness. And actually the word image is repeated several times. And there is the most foundational truth out of this is that we are first and foremost spirit because God is spirit. You and I are not first and foremost a body with some emotions attached or, you know, the capacity to, to intellectually think things through. You and I are first and foremost spiritual beings. And then around that comes our soul with our mind, emotions and will, and then our body. And there is a very slight distinction between those words image and likeness. And image, it's, if you look it up in Strong's, it is a little bit strange. It talks, um, actually, is it Strong's or is it Dictionary? I'm not sure. It talks, I think it's Strong's, is a, a phantom, a resemblance, a shade, a shadow. And it really is something that does not have material substance. It's the root of that. Whereas the word likeness is more to do with the model and the shape and the, 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 the physical aspect, the resemblance. And I don't want to make too much of that because I'm not sure my, my Hebrew is up to it. But I'm just saying there is a slight difference between the two. But foundationally, fundamentally, as God created us, we are spirit beings. And it is our spirit that is able to connect to God. It is, through, it is through our spirit that God releases life. And it's as that spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection is established, and if we build it and, you know, focus on it and concentrate on it through all the things that we're used to doing, whether that's spending time in his presence, whether it's, um, you know, praying in tongues, whether it's, meditating on his word so there's an impartation, whether it's meditating on him, whether it's worshipping, all those things, they empower, they cause that transference of his life into our lives. And we will naturally become a conduit for his presence upon the earth. And there was a, a few years ago, and, you know, we were over, we lived on, on a farm where, I had a, a lot more time on my hands than I've ever had before or since. <laughs> but I used to sit for ages in the presence of God. And I would then find that I could go into a meeting. I could meet with somebody and I would God, God would just speak to me. There would be that natural prophetic word, that natural word, because, you know, the New Testament says that the, the spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And if you, if you develop that level of relationship with Jesus, 
there will be that natural conduit built up, that natural ability for him to impart from his spirit into your spirit. And we know that Colossians 2 says very clearly, you were dead. And this is teaching we're all familiar with in your sin, but God made you alive with Christ. Now, when we were dead in our spirit, it means that our minds, our emotions, our will, our soul, if you like, ruled us. And so many of us remember and maybe even still, you know, on a day to day basis, you know, am I going to walk out of the reasoning of my mind? Or am I walking out of the truth of the living God in me and his life? And so the reason that that is so established in us is because while we were, before we were saved, our spirits were not alive. And for many, even when we were saved, we didn't recognize the significance of his spirit in us. And we just thought, now I'm alive, you know, salvation. Uh, now I have eternal life. And it was all around that. But actually, God is bringing much greater revelation now and that we are spirit beings and that we can we can strengthen and accelerate the, the growth of his spirit in us. And I often find that I start to declare things before I understand them. And I went through a whole season where I was declaring expansion into our spirits, you know, and I, I wasn't really quite sure that I don't think I really thought about it. I just knew it was something that, you know, God had given to me. But that this is why. Because as our spirit expands, that transference of life, his life begins to not only explode within us as that greater passion for the things of God, but there is that greater ability for our soul, our emotions, our mind and our will to come under the rule of his spirit in our lives. And he is able to bring those things into order. And John 3, 15, you know, this, he's, uh, the writer is talking about Moses and where he lifts up that replica of the snake on a pole. And it goes on and he says, so those who truly believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so for so many who have come through church for many years, eternal life was something for the future. But that is not the way that God's timing works. It's not the way Hebrew timing works. This is something that we are walking in now. That life is already in us. And it makes sense of scriptures like Ephesians 1 verse 1, where it says he chose us before the foundation of the world. We existed before the foundation of the world because God is not in our time frames. And so that eternal life, you know, that we're looking towards, you know, we're thinking about in heaven is already available to us if we recognize that we are spiritual people. 
first and foremost. And as we strengthen by all of those things that I mentioned just now, worship and his spending time in his presence, all of those things, his spirit within us increases in its capacity. And if you like, it's not the engine of who we are, but I, I, I would think it's not quite a right analogy, but it is, you know, there's a, it's a good picture. And so that, you know, everything that we are about begins to have to uh, submit to his spirit in a different way. And as that life begins to grow on the inside of us, it begins to release faith. And faith and word together, they begin to break through so that what to us we couldn't understand before, we begin to understand. And that, again, is right back to Ephesians 1, wisdom and understanding, you know, that he prays that above all else we'll have wisdom and revelation, Paul prays. And, and it begins to shift. And, yes, there are the things that we need to do to deal with strongholds and mindsets and all of those things that we've become a little familiar with, but they don't make, we don't get the fullness of, of dealing with those things unless we fill them through the life that comes from God's throne into our spirit and then begins to flow inside out from our spirits into our soul and even with the ability to touch our physical bodies. And you know, many, there are many, many men and women who, and you will know many, who are walking with such a flow of life in their spirit that it affects them physically. And they, you can see that they look, you know, much younger. You can see that they're a glow. You can see that actually some of the physical issues just somehow disappear and get sorted because the life that creates the miraculous, the life that makes the impossible possible, comes from within. The kingdom of God is within in terms of when we're talking about this, this personal walk. And I personally, I've loved John, uh, sorry, Isaiah 11 recently, um, verse 1, where it says, because we've been on seeds and roots and all of those things, and because I love that word rod, which actually means a scepter and, and, and all of those sorts of words. And John 11 verse 1 says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall go out of its root. And Jesse was the father uh, of David, but he himself was the grandson of Boaz, who was descended from Perez, who was the son of Judah. And so you have this connection right back to Abraham and the blessings of Abraham that God is bringing this root out of and this, this branch from. And then, of course, we know as we come into the New Testament that Jesus is the true vine, John 15. And my father is the gardener. And so in that backdrop of the fall of man and all the, the, the stuff that was going on, and, you know, I, I love to say that God, 
he looked out and he couldn't, he knew he, Jesus was going to come. He knew that that was his plan, that it's almost, I like to think he couldn't wait that long. And so he put Abraham, you know, on the earth or he called Abraham out and he spoke these blessings to him and said, you know, from you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And then you track it right the way through to Jesse and to, you know, to David and then through to Jesus. And we know that Jesus is, is the son of God. I know it's, it's a slightly different relationship, but he is the true vine. And everything about this season, uh, everything, one of the major things about this season is that we are absolutely connected to him. But when, how do I put that into practice? How do I work it out? And Hebrews 5 verse 14 often used in terms of working with gifts, but it says solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And God does certain things, but we have to do certain things. And so number one, I'm just going looking at our will, our minds and our emotions, because I believe that this is a moment when God is, is causing his people to say these things. My soul needs to come under the government or the jurisdiction of God's spirit in me. And so he begins to govern our will. And what does that look like? It means I surrender to him. And so I, on the big issues of life, and maybe on a daily basis, I say, God, your will, your will. And the trouble is, if you've been in church a long time, these are easy things to say and we get comfortable with them. But I believe that this is a, a time when God's spirit is really calling us up on some of the things that we have glibly said and not walked in. And as we shift from this old to this new, and we're saying, you know, Lord, I'm having to put down things. And some of those things are very painful. And some of those things are very precious. But Lord, I want to be somebody that you will use in the days ahead. So I am surrendering everything I have in my hands right now to you. Or I am surrendering this thing that I so put my heart into that never worked out. Lord, I'm giving it to you. I am surrendering this aspect of my life, which I get so much joy from and so much, you know, and there's been so much fruit, but I know that it's the end of a season. And so I'm surrendering it to you. And so there's this different dimension of a surrender of our will to God. And there's been quite a focus, oh, and rightly so, on gifts for quite a season. But sometimes we even have to put down a gift because it's not what God is using at that point in time. It still stays within us. There'll be a moment when he, can, he will pick it up, he will activate it. But there is this shift that our wills become committed and surrendered to him. But he never ever, what is it, he's, you know, 
holds things back from us or withholds from us so that as we surrender to him, he gives back more. It's always that promise of the more. And it's why there's, um, we have to be building um, those places of connection at this time, that, that altar of his presence, that altar where, you know, it's not the sacrifice itself. It is the place on which I put the sacrifice. So there may be a sacrifice in building it. I'm putting this amount of time aside at this time of day. You know, I'm committing myself to, to spending more with, time with you or, you know, whatever it would look like. But it becomes that place then of connection to God when I can just go and I go, I know this is where I meet with you, Lord. I know this is where I can come. And as soon as I reach this moment, this place, this position, I know that I will meet with you. And so there's that aspect. There is this aspect where God is saying, I want you now, as you, my spirit in you increases, to govern your mind. And again, we know that we're renewed by the transforming of our minds. But that is an ongoing work. And so it's a, it's a time where we have to walk through every day when we have recurring thoughts, we have recurring disappointment thoughts, we have recurring distraction thoughts. We would love to go and watch that television program. We want to go back onto, you know, social media. We were all of those things where we take them and we say, God, I'm just giving this to you. The strongholds, I'm just giving them to you. You know, the things that the patterns of thinking, strongholds are slightly different because they have a, 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 a spiritual attachment to them. But and I'm not talking about strongholds now, but, you know, the, the, the pattern of thinking that so many of us have established in our minds that says, I can't do that. God wouldn't ask me. You know. Who would see me? Who would recognize me? You know, there's all that sort of thing. And then lots and lots of other personal uh, situations and words that would keep coming back. And we, we can't break those mindsets. So we keep, you know, minute by minute, we say, I'm giving it to you, God. I'm giving it to you, God. I'm, or we can say, God, I'm asking you to come into this memory. And Lord, show me what to do with it to break it, that we start to connect with God over those, those thoughts and we start to take thoughts captive. This is what dominion looks like for you and for me. And I really believe that there is, you know, we've talked historically, we've talked, you know, there has been an emphasis on surrender. There has been an, an emphasis on on governing our minds and taking thoughts captive. But I do believe that there is also an emphasis right now on governing emotions. Because our emotions will pull us back into the past, maybe, or they will uh, pull us into what other people want. They We will be affected by other people's anger. You know, all sorts of things. We have to start to govern our own emotions. And, um, 
you know, if you think about it, there is that just that aspect of being a person who in an empty room and an empty space governs my, you know, my will, my emotions and my mind. But when I set foot into the territory that God has given me and suddenly you're in a different spiritual realm, different spiritual atmosphere, suddenly you have people around you who are also carrying stuff. What if we're not in walking in dominion happens is that their stuff affects us. And we'll step into fear, we'll step into irritation, we'll step into the, hey, you know, but uh, this is my area and what comes out of us so often is an emotion such as anger or a pushback and that is where we easily flip into dominating and doing damage to ourselves, to others, or even opening up, you know, a space uh, and a gap for the, for, for the spiritual to come in. And so the, there is just this, this uh, emphasis, I'm trying to watch the time, on governing our soul because our soul was never intended to be what ruled our lives. Our spirit in connection with God, in connection with the Holy Spirit, is what is meant to govern over our lives and what we do. And I think if you were on the seminar I did last time, Proverbs 1632, just simply says, if you want to conquer a city, rule over your temper before you attempt to rule the city. And there's such wisdom in that, not just because of the whole, you know, obviously if we're not in control of ourselves, then how can we govern a city? But because if you start to step out of the, um, the, the, the remit that God has given to you to try and govern and rule and affect uh, an atmosphere that is beyond what God has given you, what will happen is that those things will, uh, the enemy, you know, everybody else's reactions, whatever, will hit you. And so we have to walk in that place of alignment with God. And just, I need to draw this to a very quick um, close, but there are several scriptures which I love because we are believing that we are going to start to step into new territory. You know, that God is releasing us. It may be the same territory, but we have a different perspective of it. And we realize that we are there to, to you know, to bring change and to be God's person in that place and transformation or to, you know, bring others in, into the kingdom. But there are two scriptures, Joshua 1, 3. Every place where the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you. Joshua is stepping into his promised land. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, for a great and effective door has been opened to me and there are many adversaries. Both Paul and Joshua stepping into the new. And if you read up what they do, 
there is an emphasis where they take hold of what God has said to them and they will repeat it. It's particularly clear in Joshua. You know, he says to the people of Israel, don't let God's word, you know, go from your mouths. Meditate on it. Think about it. Because if you step into a new territory that God has given you, the first thing that will hit you is the enemy will say to you, did God say? God, it's not going very well, is it? Are you sure God said? And we begin this backtrack and we begin to open up doorways. That is the moment to stand on the word of God and to say, God, you said. And that's one aspect of declaration. God, you said, you gave me this word. You gave me this scripture. You said. And then obviously, if you move and read the book of Ephesians, you come to chapter six and the whole aspect of the armor of God. And that sword, which we know is the word of God, it's not a huge sword for waving against principalities and powers up here. It is a short sword. It is a, you know, could be translated dagger. And basically, when you step into a territory, the principalities and powers will try to impact you. They will try to shift you out of that place that God appointed you. They will try to shift you out of that um, place of walking in personal dominion, in, in dominion over your mind and your will and your emotions. And so you have to fight how that, that principality is touching your life at that point. And so you push back with the word of God, with the shield of faith, and you all know the different aspects of the armor of God. And, you know, if you go into a new job, um, if you step into many, many arenas these days, as God's opening up spheres and, of influence and all of those things, you know, what this, I'm talking about here about Ephesians 6, what that could look like is suddenly, well, you're a small businessman, you get around big business people. You've never been ambitious before, but, you know, you just felt God had called you to business. Suddenly you're in a room with millionaires and you go, oh, wow, that would be good. And suddenly ambition, greed, and all of these things begin to impact what was actually a God-given call. But the spirits around you will seek to pull you out of your alignment into a wrong alignment. So you're agreeing with what the enemy wants rather than what God wants. So that really, I think, is about all I have time for. And um, my husband has said, please, will you just say, uh, if you want the prayers that I prayed earlier, if you just email us at info.pftn.uk, we'll send them to you. If you look, we've just redone the website. Uh, there's more stuff to go on it, but it's basically there. You can There are books there. There are a few of the recordings. You can go to our YouTube channel as well. And if you were interested in just giving a donation, you can also do that via the website. Um, what I want to do, I'm just going to pray. And then if you want to go through three or four minutes, probably, to just pray some of these releasing prayers, really, uh, freedom prayers over the whole Roman route. 
you know, I just take two or three minutes and wait for those who want to log off to do so. As I said, this is not about a denomination. It is going right back to the root. And yes, my um, the recording, the recording will be available, certainly for people that signed up for this. Um, I don't know if I'll put it out publicly yet. I'll have to have a look at it and see what I think. But uh, it will be available to you guys or to anybody who signed up and wasn't able or requested it, wasn't able to come. All right. Is that all the notices? Are there any other questions? Put them in the chat very, very quickly if you have a question. Bless you. Okay. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you for being gracious and listening. And so Lord, right now, Lord, we thank you for everything that you are doing in our day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for us personally. We thank you for what you're doing and you are going to do within our families. Lord, within our communities and within our nation. But Lord, right now, we thank you for your presence this morning. And Lord, I want to ask that, Lord, anything that was of me will fall away. And Lord, that each one listening, Lord, will know what it is that you have said to them, that, Lord, you want to put your spirit on, Lord, to activate it into their life, Lord, at this point and lord we seal in the holy spirit by the holy spirit lord everything that was of you and lord we just speak right now from your throne a blessing upon everyone lord to walk in the fullness of what you have for them for these next weeks lord as your spirit continues to brood over us that we might align rightly with you and with the world around us and Lord, that you would just, Lord, bless that very core, Lord, of your spirit in each one. We speak that expansion in Jesus' name. Amen.